How do you start your day? Are you focused, energized, and tuned in to your higher self? Or do you wake up anxious, unmotivated, and already overwhelmed by your giant to-do list? Welcome to Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein, where we'll have inspiring and practical conversations around how to reverse daily struggle and show up calm, collected, and confident instead. As a psychotherapist, spiritual advisor, yoga teacher, and influential speaker, Laura will discuss all things morning routine for increased productivity, mental clarity, greater connection with self, and better decision-making. So grab your favorite cup of joe and come sit down with Laura. Coffee with the Universe starts now. Hello, hello, and welcome to Coffee with the Universe, where we have conversations around starting your day feeling calm, collected, confident, and connected to your higher self. Today, I want to talk about when spirituality becomes an art of self-sabotage versus actually something that you are engaged in for personal growth. So my question for today is, are you really as spiritual as you think you are? And I I think of my morning routine as a spiritual activity. And I'm going to talk about like, what is spirituality? Because what do you do when you're not really sure you Google it? So I, I found some interesting Um, opinions and very definitions of it. So we will get into that. But I was thinking, you know, is my morning routine a spiritual activity? So when I wake up, I trot myself downstairs and I do a combination of stretching, uh, yoga, meditation. Sometimes it's a little bit of, of mantra work in there. I do a little bit of journaling and I do vary it every day. Um, and this is all the stuff that I talk about in my morning magic course. And I do believe that this routine sets me up to have a much more productive focus day. However, is this really a spiritual activity? Because I'll be honest, when I started thinking about it, there's days where my to-do list is um, a mile long. And so I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I, you know, get in this yoga routine? How can I make it go quicker? What can I cut out? So sometimes I find myself rushing through maybe my more morning yoga or stretching activities because I just feel that pressure of wanting to start my day. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I get all wrapped up in my little insight timer app where I'm, I'm timing my medic my meditation. Oh, yeah, I got in my five minutes today, you know, check mark, it gives me another consecutive day. Okay, good. Yeah, I got my meditation in. But here I am now focusing more on like, oh, I got five minutes of meditation in. But was it really a a good quality five minutes of meditation? How deep did I go? Was I actually meditating or was I just sitting there for five minutes ruminating over the things I have to do that day? So just because I do yoga and I meditate and I professionally work with Tarot and the Akashic Records, does that make me spiritual? Or are there instances where I am just kidding myself and living 
under this smoke screen or this facade. Now here, here's what got me thinking about this and wanting to talk about this in today's episode. Um, so I had a little bit of drama happen. I'm going to share my drama with you. I was planning to do a talk at a, um, a spiritual center and I created my little flyer and I'm doing this with someone else. So we, you know, found the wording and we're calling it like a spiritual happy hour, blah, blah, blah. And somewhere in this flyer, we put for spiritual seekers who are looking to find more joy in their life. Well, unbeknownst to us, someone else at this facility um, basically blew everything out of proportion and threatened to like remove her services from this place um, because we can't use the word spiritual seekers. And I thought, okay, is this like a, a trademarked thing? Do people own this language, spiritual seekers? Um, and to make it even more crazy, this person that I don't even know was saying that I was using this language to steal her business and to get her clients. And it was like my underlying way of doing this. And I thought, wow, I, I really had no words at first because I don't even know this person. I don't even know what this person does, um, the services this person provides. I have no idea. So here goes my ego now. Oh my gosh, how can this person that claims to be an intuitive be spiritual? This person really isn't spiritual. And this is what my little monkey mind is doing. You know, how if this person was really spiritual, then they would know better than to get all worked up over this and to think that I'm like trying to steal their clients and blowing this out of proportion. And so my mind is going on and on. And then I stopped myself and I was like, well, here I am judging this person for being a fake spiritual and being like, well, I wouldn't trust this person's services, la la la. And then I thought, you know what, me sitting here having this rant and judging this person really isn't all that spiritual either. So I, I had a, a pretty good laugh at the whole situation, albeit it being a little bit frustrating because, you know, when we are kind of set on doing something, it's almost like, no, you can't do it this way. You have to, you know, make these changes. You can't use these words. Our egoic resistance kicks in and it starts speaking in a way like, who does that person think they are? And they can't tell me what to do and blah, blah, blah. So when we react to that and when we start getting all involved in the story, I feel like we've lost our connection to spirit. We've lost that sense of spirituality. So what exactly is spirituality? Okay, so I Googled it and I got a whole bunch of different answers. Um, the first person that I tend to look towards, though, because I'm a big fan of Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul and The Surrender Experiment. 
So sometimes he'll be like, oh, what would Mickey do? Because he calls himself Mickey. So what would Mickey do? What, you know, what would he say spirituality is? And I actually found a quote of his. And he said, spirituality is being at total peace with all of the realities of life. And I thought that was kind of beautiful because it's the realities of life that sometimes throw us for a loop that sometimes create struggle for us because when reality happens, we don't want it to be that way. And so we do everything in our power to try and control the situation, to try and change it, to try and either get what we want or not get what we don't want. And so when we can be at total peace with all of the realities, that spirituality. So in this example, if I just, you know, recognize that, hey, you know, this is a reality of life, that there's going to be other people that have different perceptions than myself. Can I deal with this? Or do I need to get myself all worked up over it? So I really like that. It is hard to be peaceful. And I do believe that setting your day up with a morning routine does help you deal with the realities of life because you aren't waking up and just, you know, running out the door like a bat out of hell and already on edge and frazzled. So I think that having that time to yourself in the morning for that, that movement and for that meditation does help you get to that goal of taking spiritual action throughout the day. And also really to be more aware because we have to be aware. If I was not where I am in my journey, I probably would never have stopped myself and said, you know what? Hey, what? Hey, you know what? You being all this judgy and, and getting all worked up over this, this isn't all that spiritual. I probably would not have had that element of self-awareness. So knowing what you're doing and being able to stop yourself and reflect is definitely a key. Okay. So um, other things that I found about spirituality, a lot of people and philosophies associate it with a belief in a higher power, like the Stoics. Um, they believe that like the higher power is really the path of the universe. And in similar fashion, according to Chinese philosophy, the way, the Tao, the, is the natural order of the universe. So spirituality is the natural order of the universe. What does that mean for us? That's a little bit of a, a, a challenging one, I think. Um, I, I do think it kind of does go back to Michael Singer's idea of being at peace with reality. Can we be at peace with how the universe unfolds? According to Krishna, spirituality and higher power is really the mind resting in the stillness of the prayer of yoga. So that is relating spirituality to more of an act. Can you rest in that, that stillness during yoga, a yoga practice? 
Um, some said it was like being in service. Well, spirituality is when you selflessly serve others. Um, I also found uh, like self-awareness. Spirituality is just awareness of the conscious self and how that's different from the ego. Spirituality is an openness and expansion. It is also pure love. So there are many different definitions of spirituality, but for the sake of our own personal development and our growth, I think it's a good idea to look more at the acts of spirituality. Is what I'm doing actually from a place of love, compassion, openness, and expansion? Well, when I was having my little response to this other person's little meltdown, I was not feeling expansive at all. I was like constricted and, you know, it's kind of like, I'm going to fight for this. And the reality is, is it's just a couple of words that apparently is really important to somebody else. That means, you know, definitely is not that important to, to me. And is it okay if I can just surrender to that and let that go? Is that okay? And when I can be okay with that, that is the act of spirituality. So just, you know, again, being aware of the actions that you are taking. Now, what spirituality isn't? A lot of times it's easier to know like what isn't versus what is. It's like, well, you know, we've, we've kind of Experienced what hasn't worked for us or that what has made us feel not so open and loving and fulfilled. So we tend to know the what's not working before we know what it is. What spirituality is not, uh, number one, trying to interfere with someone's free will, which means making someone do what you want. So ladies out there that have husbands, that don't put their laundry in the hamper, that leave dirty dishes in the sink, that make messes out of like situations that like you yourself would have to try really hard to make a mess out of. I have to segue here. I, I love my husband to death, but he's such a messy move. Raspberries. When he eats raspberries, he leaves like the little tiny, like, you know, in a raspberry, if you break it off, it, it kind of breaks into little seeds, but they're kind of juicy and puffy. He like scatters those around the house. I would have to work really hard to take one little delicate raspberry and pick up all of the seeds and like, you know, drop them. It's like the little Hansel and Gretel trail. I'm like, what the heck? So ladies, you know what I mean here? Every time we nag or we suggest, well, you know, it would really help me out if you could, you know, put your socks in the hamper. And, and, and Jacob, you are newly married. So, so listen to this. Heed my words because you're I called wife. out for this just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, Jacob? Oh, we were, we were FaceTiming her mom and she's like, hey, so how's, uh, you know, how's living together and being married? And she's like, well, I'm still putting his laundry in the washer for himself <laughs> so yes i am going to work on that yeah that's early well, love right I, there that's just early love right there. <laughs> newlywed style well 
and, and that's, you know, the thing that we are going to do what we're going to do. We all have our idiosyncrasies. I mean, women are known for nagging and reminding. And I know that there's things that I do that drive my husband crazy. So it's, you know, it is what it is. But if we can try to, to stop interfering with that and let let our partners just be who they are, flaws and all, now we're aligning more to that, that act of spirituality than trying to really control somebody and force somebody to make them do what we want. And it's really exhausting if you think about it. Um, you know, trying to conform somebody to be the way that you think they should be. So um, with that said, Jacob, be mindful, but you know, just be yourself. That's all I can say. That's what she tells me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a, a lovely new bride then. Mm -hmm. Spirituality number two also is not fear. Um, and, and this is kind of what I recognize that this other person's response came from a place of fear that, that what I was doing was some, somehow going to put this person in a place of lack. Um, but fear is, is not spiritual, nor is anger, jealousy, feeling like we don't have enough um, competition in this sense. Now, yes, there is healthy competition, but some people are super competitive to the point where they are okay stepping on someone else in order to get ahead. Being all judgy and judging other people, definitely not spiritual. Um, comparing, comparing ourselves to other people. We are very unique divine beings. We are all like snowflakes. We are not going to be like anybody else. And just getting stuck in that cycle of comparisonitis definitely not act spirituality and pride. We know pride. Um, I'm better than look at me, that sense of, um, I need to, to put myself on a bit of a pedestal in order to feel okay on the inside. Okay. So just a quick rundown of what it is and what it's not. And Take a look at maybe instances where you might be overestimating about how spiritually conscious you are. Am I acting in, in a manner that does embody that openness, expansion, and love? Or am I responding in a way that is closing me and um, creating a situation where we're just really uh, contracting and shutting down. Okay, we are going to take a short break. This is a live call-in show, 1-800-930-2819. We are also live on Facebook. So if you have any comments or questions or would like to share an example or ask questions, please feel free to hop on with us. We would love to hear your thoughts and experiences about all of this. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual bypassing. What is that? And how might we be using spirituality to actually avoid certain things? See you in a few minutes. 
Does your life often feel like an emotional tsunami where rogue waves crash down on you, leaving you feeling hopeless and wondering if it will ever end? Do you wish to awaken the dormant strength inside of you? Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Start today by scheduling a complimentary consultation with Martinet. Dive into your healing journey and begin to see your life in a new light. Visit martineemmons.com and make your appointment today. You're driven and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Optimize your breast cancer screening without any radiation or pain. Effective, sensitive, and widely used thermal imaging in Europe is now available to you here in the U.S. Using state-of-the-art FDA-approved camera, Eastside's first and only breast thermography clinic is now open in Bellevue. Safe, sensitive, low cost, no referrals needed. Contact Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or on the web, drdarvish.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune in to, and that's when I realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. And me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. Hello and welcome back to Coffee with the Universe. In this episode, we're talking about how spirituality can actually become a self-sabotaging ego trip. Are your actions as spiritual as you think they are? I wanted to bring up the phrase spiritual bypassing. I've actually heard this before. haven't given it much thought until today when I wanted to talk about this subject. So I looked up what exactly is spiritual bypassing. And, and being a psychologist, I probably should know this, but I didn't. It's actually a term used by psychologists, I was like, oh, who would have thought? Um, and it refers to using spirituality to avoid confronting uncomfortable feelings or unresolved wounds, or to avoid taking responsibility for actions. And I'm going to discuss this a little bit further, but I just thought this is a really good phrase to throw out there because it's just like a, a term that we can use for ourselves. Say, hey, you know what? 
is this really something that's coming from a place of openness, love, compassion, a sense of, you know, maybe a connection with a higher self, higher power, or am I trying to avoid something that's uncomfortable? Am I using it as an excuse? And I mean, you know that we use things as an excuse all the time. We use um, our kids as an excuse. We use, oh, you know, the time. We use the money thing. We come up with all kinds of reasons to justify what we're doing. And we can actually use things like yoga meditation, affirmations, we can use all of those things as an avoidance technique as well. Something that um, Michael Singer talks about that I'm always doing like a little check on myself is he's like, is what you're doing and like, um, is what you're doing a distraction or is it really helpful? Like in the terms of um, techniques and strategies and things to help you with your personal development, is this just a distraction? So for example, when I'm doing journaling or I am working in my, my planner and my morning routine, I had to do a check and say, hey, is this routine, is all the time I'm spending here quality, constructive time, or is it just a way to distract myself from getting started with my day to then tackle some of the activities that I may not really want to tackle? So I'm always kind of doing that check, and, and I never really did that before, but when he talked about sometimes we use these tools and techniques as distraction rather than to actually serve us, I thought, huh, that is a really good point. So um, when, we, when we talk about like some of these spiritual activities as we move forward, um, I'm now looking at it through the lens of, is this helpful? Or is this being used to do like some kind of spiritual bypassing thing? In my research, I came across an article, uh, High Existence, like the website's highexistence.com. And I loved the title, 10 Spiritual Things People Do That Are Total BS. And I thought, Oh, this kind of caught my eye. And there are 10 principles. I'm only going to go over uh, four of them because they're really more pertinent to what we're talking about today. And they don't really dive into the whole uh, psychology aspect too much. Um, but I did want to talk about it because these are really good examples and we all do them. And I'm talking about this not because oh, I don't do any of these things. You know, I identified in all of these. Oh, yeah, done that, been there, done that. So we all do these. The question is, do you want to be more consciously aware so that you can course correct? Or do you just want to go on being oblivious about these actions that aren't really serving you? Okay, I don't have this article up here. So I'm going to have, um, Jacob, what is the first one? Yeah, the first one is participate in spiritual activities to make themselves feel superior to other people. Oh, yes. 
oh, I've been practicing yoga for 20 years now. I've been doing yoga since the 80s when yoga wasn't even popular and we didn't even have yoga mats. I eat a vegetarian diet because I care so much about animals that I just, you know, refuse to eat any meat products. I meditate for an hour every morning in an hour before bed. Look at me. Now, yoga, meditation, eating a vegetarian diet, there's nothing wrong with these actions. But have you ever started talking about maybe in a conversation to other people, oh, look what I'm doing in order to one-up somebody else? And this happens a lot in social situations. We're having a conversation and someone's like, oh yeah, you know, I started yoga and I've been working at it for a couple of years now. And then there's this inkling to be like, oh, well, yeah, well, me too. I've been doing it for three years now. And guess what? I just started doing a headstand. There is that, that ego part of you that wants to make yourself look like you are better than. And we hide in the realm of these are spiritual activities. But the act of one-upping using a spiritual activity is not really all that spiritual. So catch yourself next time you're in a conversation and that inkling is to show how you are, are better than it, it's hard. It's a lot harder than you think because our egos are just like right in there. Like, Oh yeah, well um, I can really, and then it's hidden under this. Well, I can relate. Oh, I'm, I'm just sharing. I'm just being open and sharing, but no, there's that ulterior motive to how can I make myself look better than this person? It's so insidious. This is like my favorite one. I'm, I'm, I like try to be so good and then I catch myself and I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, but trying to cover my mouth and take things back. But, you know, as well as I, once it escapes the mouth, it doesn't come back in. All right, Jacob, what's number two? Yeah, number two is use spirituality as a justification for failing to take responsibility for their actions. Yes, here's another good one. When we do something that we know we had a role in that maybe didn't turn out so well, sometimes we don't want to take responsibility for our actions. This is also a hard thing, too, because it's hard to admit when we're wrong. The ego doesn't like it. He goes like, no, I'm always right. I know everything. It's like a teenager. I know better than my parents. I know better than everybody. And when we operate from this place, we tend to not take responsibility for actions. But you will hear people say this. Oh, well, that was just the universe's plan for me. Or, oh, you know what? I really needed to learn this karmic lesson. This is my favorite. I needed to learn this karmic lesson, which is why I did that. And I'm like, really? Um, maybe that is true. I mean, we, we do mess up. We, we learn from our mistakes. But maybe it's a little bit healthier to say, you know what? 
I made this mistake. I own up to it. I needed to experience it. I needed to learn from it. I did. I made amends. That to me leans a little bit more towards the spiritual side than, well, you know, I just needed to learn a karmic lesson without even trying to uh, remedy or whatever it is that needs to be done in order to resolve whatever issue it is. And here's another one. I've actually heard this before. Oh, my spirit guides guided me to do so. So therefore there's a purpose. And I thought, that's another one where I just like scratch my head. Here I am being all judgy now, like not spiritual. When people say this, <laughs> when people say these things to me, I'm like, oh, they're kind of like fake spiritual. Okay, now I get it. And here I am then judging them. I know, I know. Like I said, this stuff is really hard. It's really hard to not let the mind go there and then fall into that trap yourself. Um, but I, I think that's that's interesting. You know, my spirit guides told me to do so. And in a more serious context, we do see this with acts of terrorism in the name of God. Um, you know, blowing people up, uh, killing people, violence. Oh, you know, in the name of God, God told me to do this. And that is a great example of not taking responsibility for your actions. It's okay for me to be violent and do harm to people because I am going to convince myself and others around me that God said this was right. Now, I don't know, like, I don't know if there's, there's not a right version of God, whatever God means, whether it's mother nature, it's more like a universal energy to me, whether it is an old man in a robe with a white beard, like they teach you in uh, all of my, what is it, uh, CCD classes as growing up Catholic, they would give us like these little picture books. And for some reason, God was always like this old man in a brown robe with a staff and like this white beard looking all wise. Um, so that's kind of like what sticks in my mind. But regardless of what that version of God is for you, I don't believe that God is operating from a place of anger, fear, judgment of anything. God is that pure divine love. I mean, God is the, the ultimate spiritual being. So to justify actions in the name of, of God or to say, well, you know, my guides or God told me to do this. Um, you know, I, I just want to be like, um, what's wrong with you? That is so not the case. Um, so anyway, again, I know I judge. Number three, Jacob. Yeah, this is one that I certainly have done in the past, and that is judge others for expressing anger or other strong emotions, even when it's necessary to do so. Yes, people get all worked up. Oh, you know, they really shouldn't get all worked up over things because it is such, you know, so much more peaceful and calming and spiritually grounding to just let the, the emotions flow through you and past you and not to get involved in feelings. Um, I get it. But you know what? We are human beings and we get triggered and we get angry and frustrated and sometimes we even have moments where we want like revenge on someone or something and it's important to understand that you know yes these are just our feelings we can detach from them meaning we don't have to act on them 
but it's not really healthy to try and suppress and pretend that these feelings don't exist. We have them, other people have them. So when we see other people like getting all upset, our, our best act of spirituality is again, trying not to interfere with, with what's going on with them. Trying not to make somebody calmer, just allowing them to do what they need to do wherever they are on their path. So we can judge others for how explosive they are, how quickly they get angry. I'm guilty of judging my husband for not having patience all the time. I tell him, honey, you got to put on your purple patience panties. And he's like, I don't wear panties. He gets all offended. I don't wear panties. I Men wear underwear. But the point is that I, I find myself getting irritated with him because he's impatient. And that's not really spiritual either, because now I'm getting all worked up. He's worked up. Now I'm worked up. And that just isn't all that pretty. Okay, number four. Yep, and this one speaks the most to my personality, I would say, and that is to overemphasize positivity in order to avoid looking at the problems in their lives and in the world. Uh, how, how do you do that? I, I just, I tend to ignore the issue and then but you know put on a positive face and I do that to protect myself and I think that helps other people around me and in reality, uh, it's an act of me being defensive and, you know, kind of trying to save face and then I will lock it away and, uh, revisit it later when it has gotten worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like trying to put on a happy face when things aren't really happy. And some of the, the, the tools and techniques here, back to that whole Michael Singer thing of, are these tools and techniques actually helping us or are they being a distraction? Um, things like affirmations, um, mantras, you can't like if, if and, and just from here's the psychologist part of me, if you were a victim of some sort of trauma, you can't sit on your sofa and recite positive affirmations and expect that to make like the pain and memories go away. You know, it, it takes the work of dealing with those emotions, of allowing them to surface, of allowing to, to feel so that you can actually find healing in that. Saying a bunch of affirmations, I am happy, I am healthy, I am safe on the inside, isn't going to do anything if you, you just aren't that way. So we can use these affirmations and mantras as a way to really avoid um, just feeling some of that negativity. And here's the thing, a lot of people in the affirmation world believe that, that if you think negatively, it will attract neg neg like negative stuff. Therefore, we should never have negative thoughts. Again, how unrealistic is that? So do I think that, that people who are, have a more positive outlook on life are generally happier people? Absolutely. 
But I don't think you can fake your way through that. And I don't think you can live in fear being afraid of thinking negative thoughts because that will somehow attract all the negativity. To you. Oh, the law of attraction. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, the law of attraction world. Well, if I say this, um, then I'm going to attract something bad. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I just think, again, I think that's, that's super unrealistic. Okay, uh, we do need to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, I have a couple more uh, areas to touch on. And I also want to talk about another instance where an act of spirituality actually just becomes this ego trip and something that becomes really harmful uh, and, and hurtful to other people. So we'll get into that when we come back. Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit SharingLoveAndLightShow.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. The truth is funny. Shift happens with monthly guest host Karen Button. Tune in for powerful conversations about health and wellness. Karen brings unique insights rich with humor and science to her discussions with experts in medicine, movement, psychology, spirituality, and so much more. Don't miss Karen on The Truth is Funny every third Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBetton.com. Who taught you or your kids how to handle stress? That's right, no one. I'm combat veteran Deb Lewis, and I'm on a mission to change that. My new children's book, Why is Pono Not Pono Today, is set in Hawaii. Lovable characters, Pono the Bull and his friend Kuleana, show us how a stressful situation ends happily. Look closer to reveal powerful ways to handle all types of stress. Start loving your stress-filled life today. Go to mentallytoughwomen.com. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.sharonmartinmd.com.
welcome back to Coffee with the Universe, where we're asking ourselves, are we as spiritual as we think we are? Are our actions helpful and supportive to our personal growth, or are they a way of, of trying to avoid, to hide, to somehow be better than somebody else to inflate the ego. And so that's why sometimes spirituality spirituality isn't really an act of spirituality. It's like one giant ego trip. It's more about feeding the ego than anything else. So we just finished talking about some of the key points on this, uh, this blog post that I found on highexistence.com. Um, it is worth checking out because there's a bunch other on there. And during the break, uh, Jacob and I were just talking about uh, one of them talks about uh, using um, substances and illegal substances, uh, drugs, it all for the sake of spirituality. And we were trying to figure out how to pronounce ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca. Um, that's it. Ayahuasca. So it is a good read. There's more in there. Um, definitely check it out. And uh, there's also some good memes, according to Jacob, in there as well. He's our, our little article Google researcher guy. Okay, a couple other things I just wanted to uh, throw out there. Um, a, a big issue that I find when it comes to people adopting spirituality that's really in the form of spiritual bypassing is when it comes to trying to belong to something out of the desperate attempt to not feel lost and alone on the inside. And I wanted to bring this up because we often find that people in powerful um, positions will sometimes spiritual positions will use their power in order to create harm to other people, whether it's sexual misconduct, whether it's um, manipulation in some way to get them to do violent acts on their behalf. There are some people who take advantage because they've they've created a community and attachment, a following of people who are just so desperate to cling to something to find that sense of family. And something I want to talk about, because I am a, a kundalini yoga teacher, there was this huge, um, I guess, fallout with the guru, Yogi Bhajan, who brought kundalini to the west um back i think it was like in the 60s it might have been the 70s i'm not sure uh but he you know brought kundalini this this yoga form here popular popularized it and had a huge following and i don't want to say like I, I guess you could in some sense say like a cult-like following because a cult is just someone who really buys into the teachings um and philosophy of somebody and will basically do whatever they they're told to do um created a huge following and there was this um conspiracy where uh, some women 
spoke up and said that there was a lot of sexual misconduct going on, things that you would think a spiritual guru wouldn't do if they truly were a spiritual being. And yes, there's, there's people who, um, teachers who no longer teach Kundalini and have like renounced the whole thing because they were so devastated. They were such followers of this one person that they just couldn't emotionally handle it. Um, there, there are teachers, even at my, my studio where I teach now, that quit because they just, you know, lost all faith in it. But the reality is, is that this one person was not the father of Kundalini. Yes, yes, this person brought this form of yoga to the States and, and we're grateful for that. I mean, I'm grateful for it. It's a beautiful form of yoga, but this was not the inventor of Kundalini yoga. Kundalini yoga existed, you know, thousands of years before this, this person was even born. So when we see somebody as spiritual, that's a human being and we decide that, oh, this person is the epitome of spiritual. They're, they're so enlightened. And, you know, I need to follow this person. We have to be very mindful that this person is human too. And as humans, we mess up. Our ego interferes. We make mistakes. Sometimes we make mistakes um, that I don't really think are mistakes. They're, you know, not so great intentions that have legal consequences and harmful consequences. I don't consider that a mistake at all. Um, but in the, the easier sense of this, even if we're someone that has been practicing yoga for 20 something years, um, we're still going to make mistakes and we're still going to screw up. And when you have these people in, in powerful positions and, and you see this too in the Catholic religion, you know, priests that are accused of uh, molesting boys, you know, these things happen. And we have to be very aware that spirituality is, is not all in all like in one person, like one person cannot be 100% a spiritual divine being. It is just impossible because of that human element. And unfortunately, I think in the case of Yogi Bhajan, uh, his ego just got the better of him. And he was an important person, looked up to, well-revered. Um, you know, I don't know all of the details of it, but he was well-respected and people just kind of did what he said. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be because our act of really wanting to learn from a guru, from, from those that, that carry this wisdom, I think that in itself can be an act of spirituality, but getting so wrapped up in it and, and just following somebody blindly, I think is very dangerous. And, and I don't think that um, at some point, spirit, the spirituality that sense there just becomes one giant smoke screen. Um, so that's my two cents on that. I love Kundalini. And I know that there was this whole scandal around, you know, the father of Kundalini. And I'm like, no, no, not the father. Um, 
and, and I just, you know, if anybody out there is listening that is a Kundalini yoga teacher or had stopped doing it because of that, I encourage you to go back because we can't just give up something that is really important and valuable um, and, and good for our health because one person chose to take actions that were not also ethical and moral. We can't give up things that are good for us. It's like you can't cut off your nose despite your face. Um, we are going to find immoral people in all aspects of spirituality. Yoga teachers, there's been yoga teachers that have been accused of molesting their students. Okay, so you're going to find it everywhere. All right, so just, just kind of be mindful of that. The lesson here is really to be acutely aware of your actions your thoughts, and any hidden intentions that you might have when practicing elements of spirituality, and then to be able to self-correct. And this is why I talk about morning routines, why I have a little uh, program, Morning Magic. You can get that at cwtu.net slash morningmagic. The reason why I created that was to help you do just this. Be aware of your actions. Be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of the hidden attentions. And to catch yourself when you are doing some of these things in the name of spirituality, you can say, hey, you know what? That really isn't all that spiritual. Um, so I need to just stop and I need to do something to rein myself back in. So you don't have a morning routine, check it out, cwtu.net slash morning magic. All right, it's a very large feat to be truly spiritual and enlightened. We are human after all, and our egos will definitely drive our bus at times. The key is to just be aware of our actions, thoughts, and hidden intentions, to notice when we're acting in the name of spirituality that is more self-serving than anything, and to then be able to self-correct when needed. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time on Coffee with the Universe here on Transformation Talk Radio every third Tuesday of the month at 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for joining me for Coffee with the Universe. Make sure to tune in next time as I continue to share tips and tricks to help you stop waking up anxious, uninspired, and energetically drained in the morning and feel calm, connected to your higher self, and confident instead. If you would like more information on my morning magic course, please visit www.cwtu.net slash morning magic.